welcome back to another episode of Read the Room Podcast. Peruge, it's your girl Merv. It's your girl Ambria Peruge. All right. <laughs> Next time, let's try to be original. <laughs> um, like I said, welcome back. Um, a recap of our last episode talking about healthy relationships. I thought that was a very useful um episode given the things that are going on the times and agree it was just uh, perfect alignment for for better or for worse so really that was a very timely episode and on our social media for anybody who's following at read the room pod um we posted and you found it it was a repost from someone who basically was pointing out how the things that Kanye West is doing to Kim Kardashian is, you know, the epitome of an unhealthy love. And I feel like that was well received on social media because we're all seeing it Mm -hmm. and we're all thinking the same thing. Like this is kind of off, but we give passes to people. And I feel like that's indicative of how we treat people in our regular lives too. Like, Oh, he just, you know, is a little off or he just, but no, like let's call it like it is. Right. But you know what? That's I feel like that's just kind of how things are when it comes to men and women in our society. They tend to get the benefit of the doubt. For us, it's kind of like one strike and you're out. But then it's like, well, maybe, well, you know, it's because he, you know, even if he does have a mental disorder of some some type, it does not excuse the behavior. You yes. as an adult should be doing things to kind of help help that a little bit if you know these are your type of reactions. So. Right. Agreed. A hundred percent. And did you see, and I haven't seen the video itself, but everybody's talking about, he made a music video where he was like harming Pete Davidson. Yeah. Like, I, I think I watched like the first like 10 seconds. I was like, what is this? And just kind of logged out of it. But yeah, I thought, I don't know. I feel like in my opinion, he's starting to escalate. Cause one thing about me, I watch a lot or listen to a lot of crime podcasts and it always <laughs> start. I'm not saying he's going to, mur- well, we never know, but I'm saying like the behavior aligns to something that could potentially, if his mind goes there, lead to something more violent. And it starts with small things like this. Yeah. I'm always curious. Like, does he not have people around him who are being like, mm, maybe not that. No, he's kind of like West. for him to have, gotten all the way through like someone produced like nobody was like this is a lot i don't think so that's crazy i feel like he's one of those people that have a lot of yes men around them i feel like you went- i was about to say yeah. you probably get fired if you don't agree it, with him exactly so. <laughs> exactly so yeah that 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 was last week's last week's last week's episode <laughs> Um, okay so today yes today well as you all know if you don't know march is women's history month um international women's day is sometime this month i have no clue what day but (laughs) (laughs) and aligning with that i just wanted to really today's topic talk about the black woman experience i love black women that's kind of like my people yeah that's that's my people i'm just like anything having to deal with black women i'm like sign me up let me get more but yeah over i think in in this country and just like all around the world we've had a really unique experience where you know we are a double minority and then god forbid if you're like disabled or like of a different sexual orientation Mm -hmm. or something like that life tends to get pretty pretty hard we're often kind of dismissed um discarded not really seen as super valuable but even in all of that we always still we rise we're always at the top of a lot of lists when it comes to like education career um leading the home so many things so i've always just had like this up uh, this level of respect for black women that I don't know. Outside of me being a black woman, if I was on the outside, outside <laughs> looking, you're like, if, even if I wasn't gang, if I was on I the outside support. looking in, I'm like, damn, these some, these some cool, these some cool women. So I'm, I'm just like, I, I just love, love, love it all. But today, so today, I just wanted to talk about the black experience because outside of all the bad that we face, like we continue to just like move forward. So, what has been your black woman experience thus far? What does that look like for you? That's so broad. What has been my black woman experience? I feel like I've gotten it all. Yeah. 
I feel like on the the good, the bad, the in between, the successful, the struggles, I've seen it all. It's funny that so me and one of my friends had gone snow tubing, mm-hmm. strangely enough, a few weeks ago. And she was like, I wish growing up that I had seen black women like us. Yeah. Because I would have really benefited from an example of someone who's like me because I feel like the black woman today I think that we've sort of mastered or we're in the process of mastering that everythingness because coming up your idea of what it means to be black to be a black woman all these things was very specific it was like first of all as a black woman like okay you need to you need to find a man and get married, you know, and like settle down and cook yeah. and clean. I remember Ooh. over the summer, I'm like sleeping in and they're like, <laughs> you're lazy because I be up at seven cleaning. It's like, hey, that's mate, just not my, I see yeah, you with your maid, but I feel like you always do. It's not my ministry. Yeah. It's really not my ministry. So there was that, but now we're working women. Mm-hmm. Now we're more educated. And I think we also now know that we don't have to box ourselves into certain things. Like if you speak a certain way, you're just as black. If you're from a certain neighborhood, you're just as black. If you go on to be now at this point, a Supreme Court justice, that doesn't make you any less. Mm -hmm. It just adds to what we as a community can do. So I feel like a broad answer is that I've seen it all. We could talk about the people at the store thinking I work there too. Like it's <laughs> all of it. Like yeah. it's a very unique experience to say the least. How would you do How would you give us a synopsis of your Oof. experience as a black woman? I, I think I can, in my experience, I could just boil it down to one word or one concept. It's just overcoming. That's just been my my experience as a black woman. And like you said, there, I've had so many downs and so many ups. And, but overall, the constant theme that I'm seeing in my life is having to overcome something, which I think a lot of black women can relate to. I think from Undoubtedly. like culturally, from a cultural perspective, like how you were saying that like, people see us as like, okay, if you need to go home crib and get married so you can like be at the house barefoot pregnant, cleaning up, cooking that, that type of thing. Not barefoot. <laughs> That's what they want. Because as soon as you get married, what are, what are they going to ask you? When are you having kids? When are, yeah. when are you going to buy a house and all that type of stuff? And I think even coming from like my cultural background, it's been even more of a push because we didn't really like here, women, black women are a lot more, even even though the situation is not the best, there's a lot more space to kind of be something other. Whereas okay. where we're from, we don't really have like the information. And tell the listeners if if you haven't heard us talk about it before. Merv, you're from? Oh, I'm from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, not to be conflu- confused with the Republic of Congo across the street. Um, <laughs> I'm from DRC. But yeah, from where we're from, it's like interesting because education is not really something that's reserved for women it's reserved for men to like you know do better in life but us up until you get to a certain point then people get start getting pulled out of school so because they want you to go on this track of being a wife a mother and taking care of someone's you know home and kids and things like that so i oh i even in my mom bringing me here, I've always had to have, you know, conversation with her. Like, this is not what I want to do. I want to continue with school. I want to really see how far I can take my, my life given this opportunity. So it's always been overcoming this, this thing, that thing, this, that, the third. So that's how yeah. I will boil down my experience. But I found a lot of community in building um, strong black women around myself that kind of have like yes. like-minded um ambitions or we kind of think about things the same way and that's kind of been my saving grace through all of this agreed I feel like just having friends and a community of some sort where you can where you don't feel like you have to overcome I told someone this recently like I'm a little bit tired Mm -hmm. of having to overcome and to have to be tenacious and have to fight through it and work through it and figure it out that's tiring like can I just exist 
Like, can I just go into a space and it's like, okay, I don't have to prove at every single step and second, like, okay, I'm good enough for this, or I'm valuable enough for this, or you shouldn't talk to me that way. Like, but I think that that's the importance of getting older and being able to spot certain things Mm -hmm. sooner Yeah, because my tolerance for spaces where I don't feel seen, heard, felt all those things is so much lower now than in the beginning when it was like, okay, well, let me just do whatever I can to make sure I can stay. Like, I think I grew out of that. I agree. Going where we're valued has definitely been a theme in my life, at least for for like 100% the last couple of years because boy did I have to learn my lessons and I feel like as a black woman it doesn't really even through all of our successes and our triumphs and the ways that we've proven ourselves people are still always asking for um metaphorically our resumes for example um the judge that was recently nominated for the supreme court they're talking about can we see her LSAT score her LSAT score for anybody who's not familiar with what's on the LSAT it's not law (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's not like they're like okay so do you know the amendments it's a logical exam so an right. example of a question on the LSAT would be like okay Merv is standing first in line and Bria is standing two people from the middle like Tracy's between them and then Sheena's not at the end so tell me the order of them and you'll be like, wait, wait what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like logical reasoning. So first of all, the amount of like the ability of your brain to do logical reasoning right after college, before law school. Okay. Really, bro? Not the fact that she went to Harvard for undergrad, not the fact that she went to yes. Harvard for law school. She clerked yes. for Supreme Court justices themselves, or I think one of them, but she's overqualified right. for the job. The, wasn't she like president of law review or was on the law review? She was an editor on law review yeah, at Harvard. So it's like, even through all Please. of that, they, they're still pulling up, even like Obama, when there was like, uh, even though we're not talking about black men, but like this is the same concept of when you're asking for his um, birth documents. Yeah. But when John McCain was up there, did anybody ask for a person to say was born in Panama? Ooh. Military, military base or not, he was not born here. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So, and then also constantly the goalpost is, is moving for us um, back to uh, Judge Sandy Brown. Um, is it Brown or Jackson? Jackson. Oh my God. Where did I get Brown from? We'll take it. Ciao. Then I saw people say, well, we've had like too many people come through through Harvard and Yale and stuff like that. I'm like, any other time, y'all do not say nothing about Harvard or Yale, some of the Never. most prestigious schools in America. But as Literally. soon as the black lady gets this opportunity to be a Supreme Court um, justice, now it's like, oh, Harvard is, it's too many people from Harvard. Harvard is, is what? Where is this coming from? You're right that the goalpost is always moving. And I just looked it up. It's Katanji Brown Jackson. Okay, so I was right. I yeah, was yeah, right. Yeah, I was right. Like, I was like Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that the goalpost is always moving because when else would they complain about Harvard? Harvard. Harvard. The really? same schools that they try to buy their kids into. Yeah, like what are you saying to me? And I love, I love what? her hair. She has yeah. natural hair. Like I just really. Yep. Natural hair in the in the professional workspace and especially on the stage that she's on. Yes, wow. and in the legal world. Like I remember I was a summer associate and I wanted my offer. Yeah. And I was about to put some braids in my head. And I've told this story before on the podcast. My mom was like, just wait until after they give you the offer to put the braids in your head. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, Ultimately, I put them in before because it was a matter of the girls can't be doing their hair in the morning. But the fact that that's a conversation and a consideration for many of us. One of my friends just started working at a company, and I won't say their name, but Mm -hmm. it's a very well-known company. And they're very liberal. But even she there is like, I'm holding off a little bit on the braids. Because we understand, you know, this is the society we live in. Regardless, people will be super duper like, 
what you definitely could do that right. but it's not that's not the case exactly and even in that space that you just mentioned like i still think that we as black women are making strides like especially with the judge being able to even do that knowing dang well they can use that against you and still prevailing yes. and still getting to this point and i was i had started seeing on linkedin people would post like this is me wearing my natural hair at my job you know like at first i was like why is that such a big thing but then i realized it's a big thing because we we don't have that there's like yeah. people that have discriminated against um, people in the professional space, just because how their hair looks, they're not looking at your resume. They're looking at you on the outside. It's already bad that you're black and you black and you got your, this big poofy hair or whatever yeah. you got going on. They're just like, uh -uh, that doesn't align with our professionalism. But then you look into their professionalism. I don't know if that's that, but they get to get away with it. And we've talked about this before, how the concept of professionalism is built off of white culture. So yeah. their norm is professional basically unless you're doing something outlandish mm -hmm. our norm is not seen as professional like right. the way that our hair naturally grows from our scalp is inherently unprofessional mm -hmm. to this world like to the society that we live in yep. and that's foul but but that's you know it is what it is right. that's how they perceive us and i think when people are like oh you don't know if you can wear braids you definitely can wear braids and no one's saying okay i'm gonna be prohibited yeah. but they don't understand how implicit bias is at play when mm -hmm. we do certain things so you put your braids in and just a little comments they say to you yeah. are like oh no but yours look really like kempt like those mm -hmm. are nice and neat like not like those other yeah. and they're probably talking about locks like okay but i like those too right and i could pull up with those too one day right and i could pull up with those next week too like yeah so yeah, their demeanor definitely changes as your hair changes. It just it, and then it also becomes awkward on our end. And you sometimes you don't want to deal with that, so you just you know I'm gonna just you know wear just a straight wig or you straighten your hair, whatever. Wear a ponytail, a bun. It just discourages you because all those microaggressions. It's like who needs that? Yes, you just avoid the conversation. One thing I will say though, when people ask about like if I change my hair if I get braids or something uh -huh. and I haven't I don't think I've had braids in the office at this office that I'm at right now I don't mind people asking questions yeah. because they're curious yeah you can tell when somebody's like okay I've never had those work I don't understand how it works could yeah. you let me know I'm more than happy uh -huh. to help you increase your cultural competence right because then assuming another black associate ever comes then if she gets braids, then like you'll already know exactly how it goes, and it look it took a long time, and she's doing this so that she could wake up and hurry up and come here, so she don't got to do her hair. Like right. I'm fine telling you that, but right. it's the other kinds of comments that aren't productive. Exactly. Um, I wanted to go back to the example we were talking about um, in regards to our resumes constantly being pulled. Um, I think also in the black experience is how we deal with other women of other races. And I feel like a lot of times we kind of have to hold back because the things that they say is something that would on the, you know, on the streets or just like in anywhere will get somebody pop. For example, um, Megan, what's that girl last name? John McCain daughter. That's how she liked to introduce herself as. So we're going to call her that on this show. So John McCain daughter have posted a tweet basically implying that Kamala Harris the vice president of the United States is not well equipped to deal with doing foreign policy. Why? That's what we're trying to figure out. She just says she don't think Kamala Harris is equipped to do foreign policy. Now I'm like, Megan, what the hell have you done besides be John McCain's daughter? <laughs> In the United States. In the United States of America. You John McCain daughter of the United States of America. <laughs> what have you done that's gonna give you I don't even understand why. I do understand why they put her on, on The View because she's just a contrarian and she's John McCain's daughter. Yeah. So that's why they put her yeah. on there. But I'm just like, the way we have to interact with these women is also a, a very special case. But I feel like we need to kind of, let me not say that. But yeah, um, I think that the way that we deal with white, uh, white women as black women is something that needs to be case study because they just gotten way too comfortable in the way that they, they speak to us, given what we've had to overcome and what we've accomplished in this country. 
I think that a lot, and this is me guessing, Mm -hmm. hypothesizing, I think that a lot of the turmoil or confusion between Black women and specifically white women Mm -hmm. is the fact that in recent times, somebody decided that being a woman meant that you were diverse. You know, yes. like oh my God. when when they do, and don't get me wrong, like gender diversity is something. Gender diversity is the particular thing. Yeah. Gender diversity, mm-hmm. but when we're talking about diversity, I feel like the understood definition is generally ethnic diversity. Mm-hmm. So when you get to say we are so diverse, and then you look around and is one black woman and a lot of white women, like, cause we have a lot of women that ignores so much that ignores the interplay between like black women's experience and white women's experience in yeah. this country. And I'm not taking away that there, we know that there are other, you know, races, but mm-hmm. those are on two very opposite ends of, ends of the spectrum. Like I saw a post recently that was like, y'all worship Susan B. Anthony. And then it was a quote of her being like, I'm not, I think it was Susan B. Anthony. I might be saying the wrong person. Somebody who was seen as a pillar in the suffrage movement. And it was a quote from her being like, I would rather cut off my arm Mm -hmm. than fight for the Negro woman to be able to vote. So these the same women that we're like, no. It's not matching up. It's not matching up at all. And that's why I'm very, like, wary of, like, those women's movements. Even even when they had the women's march, the type of racism that Black women face in that march. Yeah. It's like, wait, wait a I don't minute. Re- wait remind a minute. me, because I feel like it was a bunch of videos and stuff at the time and posts, but what were they? Yeah, basically, it was, they were not trying to um have the Black women's voices heard. It was more so right. an agenda to kind of further the white woman agenda during for the entire march so they don't even see themselves in community to us even though i'm pretty sure you pull up the stats we we gonna see who winning and it's gonna be the black women even given the stats they do not care they do not see us as the same even though we share the same um gender identity white women are always going to choose whiteness first we don't have that luxury i think and but that's because it benefits them you know, yeah. like if you had like an in, if you knew what the other side was going to do, I mean, you would make those plays. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have the benefit of that. My favorite type of white woman is an ally who understands their privilege. Yeah. Like there are plenty of them who are like, I'm frustrated with how we have overtaken y'all's movements. Yeah. Like I'm frustrated with how this person talks to you, you know be that person you don't have to and as a woman i have felt like i was marginalized if that was your experience that was your experience Mm -hmm. but please if it wasn't don't say that Mm -hmm. just please like you don't have to take up space you don't have to i think that in recent times like i said we've decided that this means diversity so people start to think back like you know what in high school (laughs) i did not win that debate yeah and i'm a woman so like like it's not always that yeah and i do think a lot of people with privileged backgrounds whether it be women um religious wise you know sexuality they sometimes kind of weaponize that a little bit when it's a situation where they I, I, they were the ones that had like a terrible personality and people can kind of latch onto that and they're like, oh no, it's is it because I'm a, a white, you know, straight Christian, whatever? No, you're annoying as fuck. That's that's a good you're that's annoying. A that's really what it comes down to. Wonderful point you make. People being like, they treated me weird because I'm a woman. Like, no, they treated you weird because you're extremely rude. Yeah. Like, they're not receptive to you because you don't know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. That's not about your identity. Exactly. That's something else. But yeah. yeah, so we have a lot of the people weaponizing their identities. But, you know, as as, as Black women, still we move, you know? Yeah. Onto, There's an article. Say. I feel like I don't know where the article was, but it was called White Woman Tears. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about the concept of 
like say I'm a white woman and I do something discriminatory yeah and then it impacts someone else and then I start crying like oh my god like I'm so sad at this whole, like you did that mm-hmm. like we're talking or if we talk about racism at large and then a white woman starts to cry like oh my god this is so terrible like those are your ancestors yes. and nobody's saying that you were there doing it but just it's this that moment is not for you to be making it about you mm-hmm. like just let other people you know share their voice and their experience exactly put um, yours on the back seat one time that would be um a great day um on this earth that happens <laughs> um i can't forget the name i forgot the name of the white woman. remember that the, have you ever seen that white woman with the short hair and the glasses is her name i think her name was like jane elliott something Austin or something maybe yeah, who'll be maybe teaching Austin. people who does uh-huh. the little test. Yes, have you ever seen that one um the one video where she was in the white class and then that that the white girl she felt some type of way by the way, you know, the things that she was saying cuz she was really speaking true to how white people act towards especially white women act towards black women in this country and I remember when right. she asked the people like um would you be black? nobody raised their hand because they understand what it comes with but there was this one particular girl she just felt so much away about what was being said she felt so attacked um she's probably one of those is it because i'm white type type people but she she ended up leaving the room like the girl was crying and everything it was it was it was a lot but that's what they're known (laughs) for but she left the room and then she tried to come back and then then jay was like you're not gonna come back in here Uh uh-uh you gotta go Oh yeah, it was it's like Jane Elliot. I just looked it up. Okay, I'm talking yeah. about Jane Austen. That's like a <laughs> yeah, Jane Elliot. But I love the work that she does because she directs it towards white people. Because I think in these conversations that we have about race uh, as it relates to white and black people, black people, you have to talk to the people that started this problem. You can't talk to black people about race. We this is what we do. We deal with this every day. We know what's going on. We just right. can't change it because we're not the one causing the problem. Right. I find that so interesting when there's like a diversity talk or like a something like that. Black people pull up like, hello. <laughs> but at the end of the day, those kinds of conversations need to be for a wider audience. Because mm-hmm. like you said, we know how y'all oppressed us. Like we understand that part. Yeah. But it's other people understanding how that still, you know, impacts us today. Yeah, you know, another thing about the Black women experience, especially in a corporate space, is how you deal with diversity. And by that, I mean, for example, let's say you get invited to do like a diversity panel or diversity talk. I feel like there's a lot of prep, and I'm saying this because I had to do one. There's a lot of prep that goes in as a Black woman because she was like, okay, how real do I want to be? What do I really want to say? How do I want to deliver this message in a way that is palatable to them? That's so, that's so true because you don't want to be somewhere and then you offend someone who's important, Exactly. but it's also like, if I just speak on my regular experience right. and y'all find that offensive, then somebody offended me. Exactly. But it's never on that person who, you know, did that thing or said that thing. Exactly. It's on you to be able to deliver it in such a nice way. In such a nice way. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, so when you know me, I, I got a little bit of um, strong views. Um, I would say more passionate <laughs> views. Um, and so when I had to do mine, I really I was sitting in front of my computer like typing out like what to politically correctly say. But you know, I had to, I'd had to you know throw some some realness in there, some of like the you know the core meat in there after in there because I don't want to be pleasing to white people. Right. I don't want to do that. I want to tell y'all the real because y'all know it. Yeah. You just have to acknowledge it and so that we can find a way to move forward. I think the acknowledging piece is what they, they don't do. They know what happened. They're not they're not slow. You right. know, we read the same history books. We're kind of exposed to sometimes the same thing. So they know the gist of what happened. So I try to be like a little bit, you know, on the if if this is like Negro and this is like white, I'm like kind of leaning a little bit more right here, but still kind of close to the middle. So I'm like, okay, a little bit, you know, y'all kind of hear a little bit of like the correctness, but y'all got to get some real too. You know, I got to. So you're neutral adjacent. I'm neutral adjacent, but Negro leaning. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's where my politics are. That's where my politics are. I was about to say, that's your political sense. (laughs) Yeah. And then after I had did my thing, um, this white boy had um, emailed me, uh, Slack me. He was like, basically saying uh, that, yeah, white people be racist. I'm like, I know. I don't know why you tell me, but I know. 
I appreciate He's you like, coming out. I just want you to know that I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, but even in a situation like that, yeah, you'll get the message and it's like, haha, duh. But that's <laughs> them being like, I just want you to know I'm on your side, yeah. not mine. And like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I guess it's like that acknowledgement portion that I'm asking for. At least you, at least you know. One one guy, I was actually actually doing a, an interview for one of our programs. And he was like one of the first white people that I heard like myself say like that, you know, white privilege is the reason why in our company we don't have a lot of diversity. I was like, mm. you got you got the position. We ain't really like, I got to do too, too much, but you got it. You got it. Because I'm like, if you recognize that and this is like a diversity based program, I mean, yeah, yeah duh, it makes sense to me. Yeah, it's funny. So I was talking to and I won't say uh, what company I was talking to, but they were like, OK, yeah, we I heard we are hiring someone. Um, but they're white women again. Oh. And he's a white man, but he's like, Hello? <laughs> like, <laughs> is there nobody else? Like could you couldn't have found nobody else. Yeah. But. And those conversations are always said like, eh, okay, I, I guess like I get it that you're pointing it out, but I'm like, Y'all got the resources though. Oh, this was not a person who was like in any kind of charge. Oh, okay. Okay. Not at all. This is okay. someone like with no power oh, and okay. just expressing frustration at the fact that, gotcha. and yet again, Bill's we have the on. same outcome. Yeah. But und- yes, the resources are there. They're there at these companies. Like, and if the interest was there, mm-hmm. then change would happen. Like, that's really all you need. Mm-hmm. And there's this one program I run at work, and it's like a leadership development program. And the basis of it is like having a diverse representation. Um, in my year of running it, we've had one, two, three black people in it. Out of how many? Um, at any given time, we have like 30, 40 every quarter. Oh my goodness. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, we, sometimes I'm, it's really difficult for me to even call it a diversity program because there is no diverse, diversity. It's just a city. leadership Exactly. Program. That's what it comes down to. And I was actually having a conversation with um, one of the diversity leaders and he was like, kind of asking me about the program and, you know, wanted me to kind of tell him a little bit more. And um, he asked about like that diversity. I was like, we can only be as diverse as the people that we bring into the company. Right. And he was like, you know, we had, we had that moment because yeah yeah it's just that's just what it comes down to even when you go to like these diversity groups like women in or diverse women and whatever the, the the thing may be a lot of the people that are like on like the boards or like part of the the programmatic aspect of it are usually just white people yeah and then if the company is mostly white then you have white people just coming to these meetings so it's kind of like are we actually accomplishing our goal if we continue right. to see the same people right like the what? Where where, where, where no. are we going wrong, man? Where are we going? Like all these initiatives, but I'm like the initiatives don't work if there's no results. If there's no results, y'all was, just have the club. One of my, well, one of my many frustrations and things <laughs> I notice about these diversity initiatives is that all it's very trendy right now and almost required for companies to have a diversity program, yeah. a diversity initiative, and mm-hmm. put on diversity programs, but that's required. But the actual having of diversity is not. Mm-hmm. So then there's a disconnect because you're having all these programs and initiatives. And it's like, who is this for? Right. Like, it's, it just seems backwards. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think most of the time it was just kind of like a, a talking point. That's what it comes yeah, it just off the box. Yeah, at least that's what it comes off as because it's like... quarter after quarter year after year it's still and and I've been where I'm at for three years and I haven't really seen that great of a shift given all of our initiatives so I'm just like are they working are y'all putting in the work and I've had this thing where I don't want to be a um not a diversity leader but I don't want that to be my job Mm. I want my job to be what my job is. And if I want to participate in a diversity aspect or in initiatives, then I'll do that. But I don't want them to make that my job. And I try to kind of make that very clear. I'm like, I'm not trying to go down that route. I don't know. For some reason, I just, I feel like a lot of times when you see black women company, they're like a diversity something. Diversity I mean, and that's a great point because, and now that I'm thinking about it, 
Yeah, it's nice of people to give you the option whether you want to be involved with diversity things. Okay. Just because you're diverse does not mean that you want to be the face of diversity exactly. for your company. So I feel like that's for every individual company to make sure that you are not pushing that on people. I personally like doing the diversity stuff mm-hmm. because, I don't know, I just mm-hmm. enjoy trying to think that I'm helping make change, you know, right. <laughs> but, and I but like- not everyone should have to do that. Yeah, and I feel like I would be more in tune with it if I was actually seeing a lot of the results. Right. Because you're like, how could I be... Exactly, and I'm just... You're like almost, yeah, helping... Yeah, uh, just catering to the same audience yeah, that we've always gotten. And I'm just like, all right, well, put me in my regular job. I'll do my regular thing and go. But, right. Yeah, that's kind and of that's, Go ahead. A lot of people want to just go to work and go home. Like, you not, okay, let me start the... <laughs> Right. March, like not everybody wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly don't want to speak for all black people. I'm not the spokesperson for all black people. We not, we know right. all the same. We all got different experiences. We all bring different things to the table. That's why we need more of us at the table. Right. Yeah. But um, switching gears, how was it growing up as a little black girl? Great, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a blast. <laughs> I, did, I I think I did too. I I had an overall good time, and I think it had a lot to do with kind of the people that I saw in the media. I feel like back when we were growing up, we had a lot more like good representation of like a wide range of black girls. Like you had um, obviously like this is a cartoon, but like you know I had Penny Proud. You had like Moesha. You had I was just about to say Brandy, and then especially Brandy. Brandy. And when you saw her as Cinderella, Brandy was just doing it with braids. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. I feel like back then we just had like a wider representation of positive black girl image. And I just kind of clung on to that. So I think that made our life a little bit easier. Not easier because we still had to deal with other things outside of, you know, what we saw in the media. But like overall, I think we had like a really solid network of black girls. Raven Simone. I agree. I agree with that. I think, yes, just media portrayal is so important. Like seeing yourself there, Beyonce, yes, and the Destiny's Child, Destiny's like you know, Child, all of them. Samaj, just it was, awesome. yeah, we had a lot, and that was great. And I'll say, I went to a, a grammar school, middle school, whatever. That was diverse, like truly diverse. Yeah, definition of diverse. Yeah. So there, I'm like, oh my goodness, how nice. Right. is this it was like one white boy in my class <laughs> like when we graduated but he was cool and every yeah. you know it was black people latinos asian people like truly diverse when i went to high school now that was very that much was a different experience did you go to a private high school i went to a private high school a all-girl high school mostly white all-girl oh, high school and that was like uh-uh. whoa like fifth circle of hell yeah, that was a very different vibe. And then I was in IB classes, and there was only two black yes. girls in IB. And it just was not, it was different. I but agree. definitely a character building experience. One thing I will say, I noticed that some black people sort of give this like higher level of respect or attention to just whiteness generally and like want to be really close to it and they're like trying to emulate them and like but white people do this and we should like strive to that i will admit going to a high school that was that white Mm -hmm. and how i felt like i was treated that did not make me you know (laughs) i I was like y'all so this is who y'all are trying to emulate like they're mean to me yeah but yeah, I never understood that that either, but I had kind of like a similar experience to you where I went to extraordinarily culturally um, diverse middle school, high school, even elementary school. All of that was diverse. Where we saw the kind of like separation is when you get to like honors level classes. And then it's yeah. me and one other black or maybe two other uh, black people, but we're not even in the same class here. So it's just me in a class with a whole bunch of white people. So it's just... It's, um, it's an experience. I would I would say that, but I think it kind of helped a. Lo- I feel like it helped a little bit, um, professionally 
Cause you oh if you if you've been one foot in one foot out your whole life, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. It helps professionally, and also being in the professional world, they're grown, they're adults, and they're smart. Yeah. Whereas being around like high school chicks who like they don't they never really talked to black people before. Yeah. Like they never they never really had to like that's a yeah. whole different experience. So I'll I'll say I appreciate that much, and also people who are well learned. Like people who've read books and yeah. they know about discrimination, you know, yeah, you're far more inclined to find those kinds of people in the professional world and also in college. Though I saw a lot of ignorance in college. Oh yeah, for sure. Did you have like but, a did you have like a pivotal moment? Um, I only ask this because you know, as kids, we can kind of be a little bit naive. We don't really know a lot what's going on with the world. We just kind of see, oh, that's my friend. We have you know recess or whatever together. Did you yeah. ever have like a pivotal moment where you you realize like oh this is how white people really think of me? Yes. Oh my god. And I tell this story all the time. And you know what? I feel like if I talk to the girl, I wonder if her sentiment would be like, "Oh no, that was just because we were busy that night." But I had a girl, and she was mm-hmm. my best friend, a white girl, and her mom taught at the school, and I had never been over her house before. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to ask my mom if you can come over, like, after school today. It was raining this day. This is like a scene out of a movie. So me and my dad are standing outside in front of the school in the rain waiting for her mother to come down and, like, give the decision of whether I can come over her house. It's like, it's not that deep. Like, coming over, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. We're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they finally come out and she's like, yeah, my mom said no. It's like, so why? Yeah. Now I'm waiting in the rain. And I feel like my dad was very pressed about it, but I couldn't, you know, at the time I'm just like, oh, like, I don't know. And I feel like if I ask him about it to this day, he'll be like, and they said this thing and this other thing, like there had to have been some other context to it, but I don't think I ever went over her house. And that's your bestie. And that was my best friend. Like, so why I can't go be house? Right. I don't know. I'm sure she'll be like, it was just because we had dinner. I don't know. But <laughs> in that moment, I felt like, oh, my goodness. Is this because? <laughs> Wait, because I'm <laughs> like, that was that. Child, that was that. The wrong shade, honey. Did you have one? Oh, yeah, of course I did. I, I love the champagne. They're racist out here. Um, <laughs> I, is there a particular one that comes to mind? Like, that's that mm-hmm, one? Absolutely, because I still... I be... One thing about me, I do hold grudges. I don't care how petty, <laughs> how long I do hold grudges. Um, I saw a lot of this when Barack Obama became president. Yeah. That <laughs> was such... Uh, and I was in... High, I think I... Yeah, I was in high school when uh, he became president. But I remember there was this one little white girl... I'm not going to say her name. I was going to be petty to say it. I'm not going to say her name. But mind you, I didn't follow this girl. She, her, me and her sister were in the same grade. And she was like a year or two younger or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And so I was, you know, tweeting, you know, happy about, you know, Obama winning, looking back, whatever. But in the moment, like tweeting about, you know, Obama winning. Mind you, I didn't follow this girl. And she didn't follow me. So once I, 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 I got a notification, I got a DM. It's this little white girl in my DM talking crazy. And then she blocked me. And, and you know, I'm petty, right? Next day at school, I found a bitch. Oh. And I told her, you keep talking mess. I'm going to beat your ass. And then there was this um, white boy there like, whoa, why are you saying that? And then she started like, oh, my God, why are you talking? Bitch, because you came to me. I, we don't talk. We're not friends. We don't follow each other. Why did you think you could come into my inbox? And say that. What was she saying? Like, he doesn't deserve it type vibe? Or like... Let me see if I still got it. I hope she did not. If you still have it, I will scream. Let me see. Oh, I hope I do. Nah, she deleted her page. She deleted her her page. But whatever it was, it took me over the edge. Because I was like, I wanted to (laughs) respond. If she would have allowed me to respond, I would have never found her in school. But because she said that to me, when I don't follow you, you don't follow me. We don't talk. We're not friends. And we know she's a racist. Why would you say that to me? Right. You have the right person on the right day. Because I found your (laughs) ass at school. And guess what? I ain't never talked to that bitch ever again. 
And then come to find out, she ended up having a, a, a baby by a black, black man who she sent to jail. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's how it all plays out usually, don't it? So that Ooh. that was my moment. I was like, oh. She tried, yeah. she tried to play with me, and I was like, not today. That's... So, yours was way... So that was my moment that I kind of pivoted. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, in FM, or I went in the other direction. Yeah. How old were you? We, I was in high school. I want to say... When did... So he became president in 2008, right? Yeah. And then when did he go for re-election? 2012? 12? Yeah, so yeah. I think it was, it was the second election. So to that, whenever okay. that happened, that it was... that's. I was like 17, 16. That's hilarious. Something like that. That that probably, I don't want to say militarized you, but that probably just like heightened your... It, it, it sure did. It sure did. And then over time, I got a lot more radical. But yeah, after that, I was yeah. like, you're not going to play with me. And then... That was the start. Yeah. And then once I got to college, you know how sometimes you just kind of look back on the people from high school? A lot of those people are mega. Oh my God. It's really? insane. Yeah. I'm not really surprised. Was like, where we live? But, yeah. yeah, a lot of them. And it's, like, people that I used to, like, kind of rock with, you know? You're like, oh. Right. Talking about me. Blue Lives Matter <laughs> and, you know, all of that type of stuff. I was like, chill. That's yeah. why I'm, I, I, w- I would never go to a high school reunion. For, well, what the hell? Who the hell I got to see? People, I will say, people will definitely treat you like the exception if they feel like you are other. Like, you're an exception. You're not, like, the average black person. Oh, yeah. I actually had a girl tell me that in college and i was reflecting on this recently because she's ukrainian ironically enough so we had a um group project and i liked her we were chatting woo woo this and i don't know how we got on the topic of race and she was like i mean but you're black but you're not like you know like the regular black person i'm like what do you mean like the regular black person she's like you know like you're well spoken and you're like here in college i'm like so i nicely went off on her like in a very professional like, what are you talking about? But she's Ukrainian. So I'm like, oh, Lordy, now that in the media, they're like, Ukrainians are keeping black people. I'm right. like, Dang, this is full circle. Isn't that crazy? But you know what? At the end of the day, it's the race that matters most importantly. I, I, it's they're cr- all white people at the end of the day. Bro, it's crazy because we were all with them. Like, we was wrong for y'all. We was right. Out. We were like, that's foul what they doing to y'all. Literally 30 seconds. We couldn't root for them. 30 seconds. 30 seconds before they're like, uh, oh, but we're uh, racist. Though. Right. You get to the board, it's like, oh, wait, wait, not, uh, not, we're not talking about y'all. We're talking about them. Somebody last night was like, you get to the border and they're like, oh, wait, no, we need you to stay and fight. You're strong. <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking to a two year old little boy. Right, hey little boy, get in the gym. We need you. If you're really Ukrainian, you would stay here and fight. And potentially yeah. die. Yeah, that is Okay, that's but, crazy. I ain't got no stance on war. I don't care what they doing. But when I heard that, yeah, that was it. Was it is so crazy? It's the, these are the same people that are adding to your economy. Um, they're you know there to study they're they're doing what y'all tell us to do in order to be the right way the model Mm -hmm. yeah but even then you're still denied the same benefits even though you contribute you are a tax paying resident at that time and you still do not reap any of the benefits surprise surprise it is it's really just that's why i say y'all do y'all thing if y'all gotta bomb each other to the whatever y'all do y'all think is what what whatever i say don't matter no way clearly it doesn't and i i don't know i don't like the concept of war generally me neither i feel like fighting but i'm like why this point, yeah it seems like ego and power like it always is that, but that, you know what i'll just mind the business that pays me okay but okay we're coming up on time so yeah. to end out what is a piece of advice that you would give your younger black little girl self? I would tell myself to keep your head up and you are that girl. That girl. That is nice and boom. Simple. Keep your head up and remember that you are that girl because you have it in you. You have the, even outside of like, 
the work, but like you have the work ethic. You have your mind is right. Your spirit is right. You that girl. It don't matter what these people say. And looking back, it really don't matter what these people say. Because, you know, people, if this is a little black girl, oh my God. Whether it be from ignorant adults to your peers, they always got something to say about black girls. And still, to this day, we shit on everybody. (laughs) So, little black girl, keep your head up and you that girl. That's what I would say to myself. That's perfect. What would you say to you? Little, little and breezy. Little forehead and Bria before it became five. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> um, I would say just do you mm-hmm. and stay true to you and trust yourself. Because I feel like growing up and for all of us, there's people like do this and go here and you yeah. should like this and you shouldn't like that. Just focus on how you feel. Yeah. If you like something and people think it's weird, that's fine. Like it. If you want to go somewhere (laughs) that people are like, I would never go there. Just go anyway. Like just trust yourself Mm -hmm. because you won't steer you wrong. Period. And other people will. Period. That'll be mine. That's perfect. And one thing I wish we all would have learned when we were younger is projections. Sometimes when people say stuff to us, we internalize it. But yes. if you just realize that ain't got nothing to do with you. Yes. Don't have nothing to do with you. And people, well, and we had know. an episode, a whole episode on this advice, the good, the bad, and the oh, ugly. Yeah. People will send you off. Like, mm-hmm. and people don't, you don't realize, but people see your potential sometimes before you even see it. Oh, okay. They see you as able to do so much and that bothers them. Yeah. So they're going to be like, you would do that. Why don't you just do this? Smaller exactly. Thing? Exactly. They're scared. So, a lot of people would be scared here. A lot of people would be scared here. And they don't want you to be better than them. It, people really exactly. do be haters. Like, some people don't just say that because they think how, people really do be haters. They don't want you doing things that they could have wanted for themselves, but they don't see themselves accomplishing it. So you definitely can't accomplish it. So don't even try it. Your ability makes people feel uncomfortable. So that's yeah. how I say follow your mind because. People will think small. Yep. And if you're thinking big, just follow that and trust that. Exactly. And, and on that note, we're going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're going we gonna to be all right, little black girls. Um, That is our black woman experience. It's so raw being a black woman. I thank God every day for making me black. And I love it. I love it here. Grateful to be gang. Grateful to be gang. Everybody can't be in this one, but we here. <laughs> but that is <laughs> that is it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We want to hear a, lot, a little bit about your black woman experience. What's that been like for you? The ups, the downs, whatever you want to tell us, let us know on our social medias. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Read the Room Pod, or you can send us a lovely email, a little detailed, lengthy email. I'll read it. So little hello, little some some read the room at gmail dot com. And on that note, we will see y'all next time. Thank you. Bye.